Hey, Hope family, welcome to another Hope Daily and another look at the book of Genesis. Today, eventually, shortly, we'll be in Genesis chapter 12, looking at verses 1 to 4. But first, I come from a younger generation than probably many of you who are listening, and this brings up some differing ways of traveling than, say, my parents' generation. And when I was a youth pastor, a different way of traveling than the parents of the kids who I was taking on trips with me. And so often I would encounter going on a trip, whether it be with youth group or my family, and either my dad or the parents of the kids who I was taking, they'd ask, well, how are you going to get there? And in my mind, I'm like, what kind of question is that? I don't know yet. I am not in the car. I haven't plugged in the address to my phone. As you could imagine, that is not the way that people got around. You had to, you know, just a few years before, you would go to MapQuest and you would type in the address. And before that, I can remember as a kid, uh, my parents using maps or my dad having an atlas in the car at all times, just in case. And so there's this faith that I have in technology that... I don't really think about, I know kind of where I'm going. I have no idea how I'm going to get there. But my faith in technology allows me to just get in the car, plug in the address, and go. To people like my dad and to parents at times, I'm sure, that faith was a little disconcerting. That I looked unprepared. I looked foolish. And in a similar but far more drastic vein, I feel like this is probably the way that Abram's family looked at him. That he just started packing up, well, where are you going to go? I don't know. At least I had a destination in mind. I could tell the families that, hey, we're going to this place, this retreat center in Pennsylvania or what have you. Abram didn't even know that. Let's look at the call of Abram in, again, Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, could you imagine Abram's father's reaction to this? Well, where are you going? I'm not sure. How are you going to get there? I'm not sure. Which way are you even going to start going? I'm not sure. How foolish, how concerned would his father have been? Would his family have been? And yet, this is what God called him to. And Abram, later in Romans 4.11, is called the father of all who believe. Because Abram went, as the Lord had told him. At the age of 75 years old, he uprooted his wife. There was no family in terms of kids, but we see that his nephew Lot went with him. And while he did not have a family, they were well-to-do. They had a lot of possessions, a lot of animals, a lot of servants, which comes into play a little bit later on. And so they weren't exactly traveling lightly. And they had no idea where they were going. God simply said, go to a land that I will show you. And that is daunting. And I don't know if God is asking any of us to pack up our house 
houses, put it in a U-Haul and just start driving and we'll figure it out. But I do think that God often calls us to a place that he will show us. Maybe it's a conversation and we want to plan out exactly what we'll say and what someone else will say. But God says, just go, just be faithful in this place and I will give you the words to speak. God calls us to work each day and we might have some idea of what that looks like, but maybe God has something else for us. Whether we've heard the explicit call of God to go somewhere unknown or we haven't heard that call, are we ready to answer the call? To be in a place where we are unprepared, where we don't know where we're going, we're not sure what to do other than to trust and to go as we've been told by the Lord. At some point or another, I think we all have or will find ourselves in this place. And I just finished a book called When Everything's on Fire, Faith Forged from Ashes by Pastor Brian Zond. And it was a great read. And there's a chapter called The Dark Night of Unknowing. I'm going to quote from it uh, kind of extensively, two paragraphs here that I think relates to what we are talking about. In Genesis, the new day doesn't begin at sunrise or at midnight, but at sunset. Reflecting this, the Jewish Sabbath does not begin at sunrise on Saturday, but at sundown on Friday. Each new day begins with new darkness. Newness is not heralded by the rising sun, but by enfolding darkness. This is counterintuitive. The new day does not begin with being able to see. The new day begins with being unable to see. Newness is born in nothingness. God creates ex nihilo. Darkness is the canvas for the new light of creation. And in our pilgrimage through life, dark nights come before new dawns. This is good news for a troubled soul groping in the darkness. A dark night of the soul does not have to be the end of a faith journey, but can be the beginning of a new journey that leads deeper into the mystery of God. Often our spiritual progress does not begin with a day of new knowing, as we tend to think, but with a dark night of unknowing. Holding on to certitude in a dogged insistence that we already have the answers prevents progress. Spiritual progress is not attained by a formula of knowing plus knowing plus knowing. Despite what we may assume, spiritual growth is not the result of endless addition. Spiritual growth also requires subtraction. Spiritual progress is not knowing, knowing, knowing. Spiritual progress is more often knowing, unknowing, new knowing. The sun doesn't unceasingly rise. The sun also sets. In our long journey into the mystery of God, progress is usually experienced like this. Daytime, dark night, new dawn. One of the primary archetypes of spiritual development in scripture is the story of Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham is a man defined by faith because he was willing to venture into the unknown. When Abraham was called by God to go on a journey, the writer of Hebrews tells us he set out not knowing where he was going. Hebrews 11.8 Abraham's journey of faith began as a journey into the dark night of unknowing. The living God was leading Abraham into something all new because it was entirely unknown. Abraham's journey from Ur to Canaan is a pivotal episode in the salvation story told in the Bible. I imagine that Abram's life in Ur was comfortable. We see all the possessions that he leaves with, so much so that his servants and Lot's servants and their cattle are fighting over land, are fighting over space. And so they end up separating. In Ur, there was plenty of space. Each had a plot of land that was clearly marked and they knew was their own. They were comfortable. They were certain. They knew how life worked there. Life traveling to a place that you'd be shown at some point was uncertain. 
and yet it was progress. I'm sure that especially those early steps didn't feel like progress. As Ur grew further and further in the rearview mirror, I'm sure they did not feel like they were almost there. They felt like they were getting further and further away from that which they knew, because they were. But they were heading somewhere better. And I think God often calls us out of places that we know to bring us to somewhere better. And to ourselves and to those around us, it doesn't look or feel like progress. But what is driving us? Is it certitude? Is it an insistence that we know what is better? Or are we willing to sacrifice feeling like we know, feeling like we have the right answers for something better? Sometimes this is just a call into discomfort. Other times this is a call into suffering. But either way, Abraham's faith was forward-focused. Our faith must be forward-focused. We must have faith that God will do what he has said he is going to do. In Abram's case, this is that he would be made into a great nation. For us, the promise may be from Romans 8.18 that our current sufferings are not worthy to be compared to our future glory. Or maybe it's the promise of James 1 that we can count our current trials joy, whether again it is comfort or suffering, because we know that it produces in us perseverance. And when that perseverance has its full work done, we will be complete and mature, lacking nothing. These promises will often look like foolishness, both to the world and when we're honest to ourselves. And yet, we're reminded of the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we live by faith and not by sight. Are we willing to look foolish? Are we willing to be unprepared? Are we willing to let go of control and to trust God, to go to a place that he will show us? May we have faith like Abram who went as the Lord told him.